Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Golic and Smetty here. I hate quarterbacks. I don't hate quarterbacks. Welcome to yet another edition of Golic and Smetty. I am Mike Golic Sr. She is Jess Matana. And Jess, I'm in the DraftKings headquarters. Wow. Your your video quality and audio quality right now is the best it's ever been. You look amazing. I Usually when we record... The recording's like a little bit more pixelated and, you know, it, it looks better once it's once it's published. But right now I can see every pore on your face, Mike. It, it, it just goes to show that what I've set up at my house uh, is shit. I've done a horrible job <laughs> is what I've done. I mean, an absolute horrible job. I've got all the room in the world and, and what I've decided to set up has just been awful because my wife hasn't got involved in that. I guess I need to involve her to try to make it all look better because I'm even looking at a, at a picture and I'm like, man, I, I don't look as old as I normally do on no, this No, you thing. look good. You look great, in fact. So, well done. You Maybe, well, maybe a trip to Boston every week is in the cards for you. <laughs> something, huh? Outside of the fact when I landed here, it was snowing. It's certainly different than, than Scottsdale. And by the way, so but Stay we got a Scottsdale, lot of football then. to talk about. But so even though it's a few weeks away, the Super Bowl this year is in Arizona. So it's in my backyard. Um, a lot of the stuff we're going to be doing is not far from my house, from, um, you know, over the TPC to, to Radio Row, which is downtown, to the uh, Glendale. I'll be working sidelines for Westwood One. That's 30 minutes down the highway from me. But but the planning has to start early for that, Jess. And I got to know when you're coming because you get – you get first dibs because, my God, Stugatz and Billy and Mikey <laughs> A, the, the, the keep nagging to stay at my house, to not want to go stay anywhere but stay in my house somewhere is driving me nuts. I've put it off and said my wife won't allow them to. I'm trying to hold them <laughs> off until I find out people that I'll actually let stay at my house like yeah. you and maybe some others to, to know what your schedule is. So I'm going to need that soon from you so I can tell Stu there's no room. In a hypothetical world, if you had two extra bedrooms and no one, you know, wanted to stay in them, would you let Stu and Billy Gill stay at your house for the Super Bowl? I would, I would tell them no up until the last minute. I would make it as hard on them as possible <laughs> and then finally relent um, right at the end, right as they were dragging their suitcases to try and find a hotel, I would somehow, some way, oh, hey, I have a couple of rooms that opened up, so you want you guys uh, come over here. But I would lay down a lot of rules for them yeah. about coming and going. Uh, they would absolutely have to walk my three dogs every day. So they would have chores around the house as well. No smoking in the house, I assume, either. So maybe Stugatz wouldn't even want to come in that case. No heaters. No. Heaters That's on. true. That's true. Yeah. yeah I, he, he, can't, he can't not smoke. So, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to lay down some laws <laughs> there. But uh, I'm excited. That's, that's obviously a few weeks away. We're going we're gonna to have some fun out here, do our show out here, and some other fun stuff as well. 
Yes, I'm really looking forward to it. I've I've been to a couple you know, big football events in the Arizona, you know, stadium that's in Glendale. Notre Dame played in the Fiesta Bowl there six or seven years ago, maybe eight years ago. I, it seems like it was sooner in time than that, but it wasn't. Um, but it's a re- I think Phoenix and Scottsdale and that area is a really great event town. And, and it's cool that it's your home, home field, Mike. You get home field advantage for the week. You get to drive your own car around. What a blessing that is. Sleep in your own bed at night. Ugh. Oh, I know, I know. So my son, who lives in L.A. now and, and obviously does his, his pot every day for DraftKings, he, he's going to drive up in his own car Sunday and spend the week, so he has one of the rooms as well on uh, the house and have his own car. But it is spread out nicely because a lot of stuff is right in Scottsdale, where I am, and then stuff will be downtown Phoenix as well, and then obviously uh, in Glendale. And also, I've never been able to attend it because it's always the same weekend as the Super Bowl, and I'm always at the Super Bowl. But over at the TPC, which is 10 minutes from my house, is the Waste Management wow. Open, that, a phenomenal tournament where that 16th hole par three, everybody loses their flipping mind. So <laughs> I'm actually excited to, to go over there as well. It's going to be really fun. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm glad that the Super Bowl is in a warm uh, city. The first Super Bowl media week that I ever covered was the one in Minnesota. Um, oh. And then the year after that, it was in Atlanta, and it was also really cold. So this is just going to be a really nice uh, transition for me from Miami to Phoenix, uh, and I'm looking forward to that, Mike. And, and it is a it is a dry heat in Phoenix, Jess. We always talk about Unlike you know Miami. the humidity. It's a dry. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, exactly. Yeah. I can't believe your first media one was Minnesota. It was so friggin' cold then. They can, they have to never have another cold weather Super Bowls, right? I hope they don't. I mean, honestly, it was – I think the only reason that they sent me was because no, no one else wanted to go to Minnesota in February and January. Um, so I was, you know, the young, youngest person in the office who had any sort of, like, medium talent at produ- producing things and interviewing and such, such. So they just were like, yeah, you can go. And I was like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. <laughs> and then I got there and I spent five days in the Mall of America and like didn't see the sun. So it was a weird, uh, a weird week. And I feel like probably as opposite of Arizona as you can get, um, which is a good thing, in my opinion. No uh, offense to the people yeah, of Minnesota, yeah. but ugh. Oh, listen, Minnesota, lovely town. Mall of America is huge, a lot of fun, but uh, not in the cold. Uh, it's just not. I mean, e- even they would have to admit that. It's not like they can say, oh, it, it's breathtaking. Then No, it takes your breath away then is what it does. It's not breathtaking by any stretch of the imagination. So that that's down the road uh, for us. We just had super wild card weekend. Why, why a change from wild card weekend to super wild card weekend i really don't know i mean it's well they they added they added a team right so now it's super but i if it's only ever like we're not going back to six like we're never going back once you add games in the nfl you only add more games you never go back so now this is just baseline wild card weekend i don't know why we need to keep the super if this is what we have going forward forever i'll continue to say what i what i've said before is it's like the ncaa basketball tournament when they don't want you to call the play-in games the play-in games they want you to call it the first round it's not the first round that Tuesday and Wednesday it's play-in games I mean that's yeah. that's what it is so for some reason they want super wild card weekend I don't know you're right this is it's only going to go up from here so it should be just wild card weekend so wild card weekend passed they saved what they thought was going to be the best game for Monday night which was Dallas 
uh, at Tampa Bay, and it was a shit game, horrible game. So we'll, we'll get to that because there's obviously the the Tom Brady aspect of this thing. But so over over the Super Wild Card weekend, what 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 was the biggest takeaways you had? Well, there were a couple games that I thought were way closer than I expected, or you know, were were upsets that I wasn't expecting. But I think, without a doubt, the most insane game was the Chargers Jaguars game. The comeback that the Jaguars had in the second half after Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions was absolutely bonkers. I think a lot of people turned their TV off at halftime because they thought that the game was over and there was no reason to keep watching. But it it was incredible in that the reason the Chargers were winning by such a large margin in the first half was because of Trevor Lawrence. And you can argue that maybe some of the interceptions weren't his fault. There might have been some defensive holding on the second one, whatever. But also the reason that the Jaguars won in the second half was because of Trevor Lawrence. Like he he had, in the words of Stugatz, it was a tale of two halves, really, that old football cliche. Um, and I thought it was super exciting and fun and impressive and is now going, I, Chargers fans are having a, existential crisis they fired their offensive coordinator joe lombardi uh it seems like maybe brandon staley will get to stick around for another year they haven't said anything yet but what was your takeaway from that was it a chargers uh collapse or was it the jaguars kind of powering through with a veteran head coach who knows how to do that well i think it was a chargers collapse i I think the chargers were playing better to the end of the season and you're basically spotted a 27-point lead and you blow it. You can't tell me Jacksonville is 27 points better than San Diego. Or San Diego. He's, I should have to put a dollar in the jar. Than, <laughs> than the L.A. Chargers. I mean, I, that, that should not have happened. You know, you, you want to sit there and, and fire the O coordinator. Well, your D coordinator didn't do too well there either, right? I mean, giving up all those points in the second half. When it was more a clean second half, you could see in the first half how it got away. I mean, you put up 27 points, but it was based off all the turnovers that you got. So the offense for the Chargers took advantage of those situations. Now, they couldn't do a whole lot in the second half, but the defense, you know, they, they, they were horrible as well. You know, they, they need to take some knocks for that as well because while sometimes you see blowouts – in playoff games, I mean, this was a blowout, and a defense played bad enough to, uh, you know, once a team stopped turning the ball over, to let them put the points, you know, 31 points or whatever they, they ended up. Oh, no, I forgot what the, the final score was in that game, but uh, to let them come back 30, and win 31 that to game. 30, yeah. Yeah, 31 to 30, right. I mean, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. I was, I thought Staley might have lost his job because of what went on the week before in week 18. Yeah. When he played all his starters and Mike Williams got hurt, he ended up having a small fracture in his back and missed the game. And if they had won it, he probably would have missed this game as well. Uh, So I I thought Staley really was going to be in trouble. And then all the people started talking about all Sean Payton and the Chargers. Listen, that was never going to happen because uh, the Spanos family, they don't spend money. You know, there is no way they were going to spend. And, and to get Sean Payton, you're probably going to have to pay about 15 mil a year. And Spano's family is not going to pay a fired coach and then pay a new coach that amount as well. So that wasn't going to happen. But it looks like at this point, Staley is going to hang around. Um, so, I, you know, we'll see because I like, I like Herbert. I like that team. The run defense was horrible toward most of the year and, and certainly toward the end of the year. Uh, and they're out in Jacksonville's in. Now Jacksonville has to go to Kansas City. 
Uh, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be a tough one for them. Kansas City's just so good. Now Jacksonville can score; they just can't turn the ball over. I mean, Kansas City's a better team than Jacksonville. You can't spot them points by turning the ball over. So hopefully, Trevor Lawrence got all the turnovers out of the way. <laughs> well, I don't know how. Like after the third one, you know, a lot of times you might bench your quarterback if it's a regular season game because they're having you know a bad game. In this situation, you can't really bench Trevor Lawrence there. Like no, you have to keep no. him in. But after the third one, I'm like, well, he's not gonna like. How many more realistically can he throw? And then the answer was one more, but you know he wasn't gonna throw like eight or nine. It was there was at some point like you're you're just yeah. reached critical mass and you've got them all out of your system and you're not gonna make those throws anymore. But yeah, like it was it was really interesting to see because Trevor Lawrence had kind of had a you know his rookie season. I don't even think we need to count as any part of his right. career because of how bizarre it was. But this season he's played he's had stretches where he's been struggling a little bit. Earlier in the season, then he's played really well. And then, you know, week 18, he struggled a lot. And then that carried over into this first half. But then they were able to turn it around pretty quickly. And and it's funny to say the Chargers defense played poorly when they had four turnovers in the first half. Yeah. But I think the the bigger indictment of, of their team was the offense not being able to score unless they had a turnover in the red zone. Yeah. They only scored 10 points on nine drives that didn't start in the red zone off of an interception or a turnover. So I thought that, you know, if that's the case and we've seen their offense not perform as well as they did last year under their offensive coordinator that has now been fired – they weren't going to make it very deep in the playoffs anyways with that. So um, Kansas City and Jacksonville this weekend is going to be a rematch of a Week 10 game in which Kansas City won, I believe, 27-17. to 17. Um, That was, you know, Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing quite as well in Week 10, but maybe now you have to guess it might be a little bit more of an even matchup, and especially in a playoff game where it, it matters more to both teams. But... What do you think about Kansas City's chances? They obviously are they have the they have Pat Mahomes, so they have the advantage there and, and they've won these types of games before. I think one thing it does for sure is it gives Jacksonville confidence that no matter what the score is, they can come back. I mean they came back from twenty seven zip. Now, Kansas City's a different animal because they, they can score the ball without the turnovers. They they don't need five turnovers of help, you know, to score on you. They they, they can pretty much score at will. So you always have to, when you start talking about a team like Kansas City, you're saying, can we score with them? And if we can't score with them, how much can your defense in Jacksonville slow them down? And that's going to be tough to do. Mahomes and that offense is just is so good. I think it's going to be difficult for Jacksonville. I think this could be the end of the road uh, for them. We've seen stranger things happen. But the, the bottom line is, I think, is the arrow is up. For Jacksonville, they're going in the right direction, given you know where they started the year and where they finished the year. It's it's kind of like well, the Giants had been good all year. We've been talking about the NFC East all year, but now in the playoffs and and, and going to Minnesota and winning, you have two teams that weren't in the playoffs last year. Who it's it's arrow up on the direction they're going. So no matter what happens here, the building in Jacksonville is going a lot better. And obviously those guys in the building think they can go in and win. So they certainly, uh, that's what they're going to play for. But the season has been successful for them, a team like them. Like I said, a team like the Giants, even like a team like Detroit. 
who just missed the playoffs because Seattle won their last game, but arrow up on them as well. So I like to see new players, and we've seen it. We see at least four teams each year who don't make the playoffs and do make the playoffs. I think there were seven this year, some ridiculous number like that. So we do see it every year, the teams that are getting better. So I I, I don't give uh, them a ton of, of chance in this game. Um, it's a Saturday game, what, 4.30 Eastern time, I believe. Uh, so I, I do think Kansas City holds that number one seed, and, and, and they keep it, uh, and we'll see who they have to play because that other game is the one, you know, with Cincinnati and Buffalo. We know the last time these two teams went to play, I mean, we we barely got the game going, and DeMar Hamlin had the un- horrific uh, incident on the field where the game was then uh, canceled. Again, not postponed, not rescheduled, but canceled. And thank God the best news out of all that is DeMar Hamlin went from Cincinnati Hospital to Buffalo Hospital to home. Uh, and you got to wonder, Jess, in that one, is he making an appearance? Is he going to make an appearance yeah, at this well, game coming up? Again, this one is Sunday at 3 o'clock. It's the, the, last, the latest I've read is that he's been going to the facilities and meeting with the right. teams and the, and the players. So that is a tremendously incredible update on that story and, like, Best wishes to him on his continued recovery. Um, But certainly it's added like this, you know, but Buffalo fans, I think, feel like a certain amount of like chip on their shoulderness and that, you know, they're the the team of destiny. This I've had Buffalo fans in my DMs telling me like, oh, you know, all of these crazy things have happened this season and we're the team of destiny, like the Super Bowl is ours. And then they they barely beat the Dolphins and I don't know yeah. how you equate you know on the field like performance and things like that to to this like horrific injury like you said but there is like this this air of desperation from their fan base that I've been I've been getting and um if if they do end up making it to the AFC championship and the Chiefs make it to the AFC championship I believe that game is going to be in Atlanta because of yes that game getting canceled three weeks ago um, when DeMar Hamlin was injured. So we certainly hope that he continues to recover and feel better. Um, But yeah, like you said, the Jaguars, I think they're an eight and a half point underdog to the Chiefs this weekend on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, And the Bengals are, or the Bills are a five point favorite against the Bengals. So both of those teams are favored to go ahead, but you know, crazier things have happened. The Bengals didn't look very good against the Ravens. And in fact, Without that 98-yard uh, scoop and score touchdown, Mike, I that I think that might have been the game that I said I, I predicted an upset. I thought the Ravens would win uh, without Lamar Jackson, and it was looking pretty good up until that point. Really was. I mean, I, I had predicted the Giants beating Minnesota, so I was happy I got that right because it's really it's all about how we look, not how the teams look. It's about our picks, right? And if we get oh, 100%, right, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. what, that, that's what really matters. Yeah, and I was there calling that game, and Baltimore's going in for either a tying touchdown or maybe Harbaugh would have gone for two, you know, at, at that point. Who knows? Uh, we'll never know. But that was a Huntley mistake because the call was, you know, it, it, it's been the, the 
kind of in thing to do now with the quarterback sneak. Jalen Hurts in Philly, they do it so well, where they get that, that other player right behind Jalen. He takes a snap, he goes low, and the players push him from behind because it's legal now, which is complete bullshit as a former defensive <laughs> player. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. But they're not going to change it because they want the offense to score. That's just yeah. what the league wants. I'll say it. Yes, I'll say it. So that was the play. That's what Huntley was supposed to do. I don't know if he was overthinking it and thinking that's what they're going to expect me to do, so I'll jump. We've seen, you know, well, Trevor Lawrence tried to, you know, jump and just put yeah. the ball over the line, but he, he was just, too far he just away. He his arm out. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence Trevor yeah. Lawrence has looked really cool. Like, he just stuck it his, did. like, insane wingspan arm over the goal line and scored that touchdown. I thought that was one of the cooler touchdowns of the weekend yes. for it being, you know, a, a QB sneak play. It, it was, but you have to be damn yeah. near on the half yard line to yeah. pull it off and Ravens weren't and no. Huntley went too high <laughs> with the ball instead of forward I couldn't believe what I was watching give credit you know to Logan Wilson for knocking it out and then Sam Hubbard was in the right place at the right time and I swear he didn't get out of third gear you know going 98 yards and then needed the, the oxygen I, I never would have made it I would have pitched the ball quite honestly <laughs> to a faster defensive player I'm like I, I'm gonna lock up if I try and go 98 yards but uh that was, you know, like you said, Miami had a third-string quarterback in Skylar Thompson, and they, they made a game out of that after being down 17 to nothing. This game, the Baltimore was down 9 to nothing, and Huntley brought him back. We thought we were going to see Anthony Brown as well, a quarterback, but we never did. Huntley was up and down, but that, that play was a turning point, no doubt about it. And I think going forward, Jess, and I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Buffalo. I could probably look that up quickly, but I can't multitask that it. well. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. The one thing Cincinnati doesn't have is a good running game. They were 29th in the regular season. They don't run the ball well. So if the weather, even if the weather is good even or, or bad, they don't run it well. They have to live off the short passing game and then obviously taking their shots with Chase or T. Higgins down the field, uh, which is a tough, tough thing to do. You know, because you know with, with uh, Buffalo, they can run, especially Josh Allen can run and cause damage with his arm. He just has to not turn the ball over in the red zone. He has five interceptions in the red zone, and that can crush you, especially in a win-or-go-home scenario like they're in now. But I think a lot, a lot kind of favors Buffalo at this point, even though for Cincinnati they're doing what they did last year, is playing at their best coming into the playoffs, even though mm-hmm. this wasn't their best game in the wild card. Yeah, and it, but they're still ha- at they're still having the same issue they were having earlier in this season now, which is that when their offensive line is not playing well, it's putting oh. a ton of pressure on Joe Burrow. And like you said, with the run game, it's all connected, and and you don't want that to be you know a continuation into the playoffs. Even though Buffalo's got you know injuries on their defensive line and and in the right. secondary, um, it's still really I think going to be you know their their weakest point. So the temperature is the game's on Saturday or Sunday for Buffalo. The game, uh, Buffalo game, is Sunday, 3 p.m. There is a slight chance of snow, 36 degree high, 29 degree low. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. But your point is on point. 
Because during, during that game, Jonah Williams, a left tackle, dislocated his kneecap, which is always an interesting sight when you look at somebody with a dislocated kneecap when it kind of yeah. disappears from where I it's supposed to be. I don't look at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex Kappa, the right guard, got hurt in week 18 and didn't play in this game. Uh, well, Collins, the right tackle, he's, he's done and can't come back. So we'll see about the other guys. But this revamped old line gave up 13 sacks in the first two games of the season. But then at some point about halfway through – they didn't give up more than two sacks a game. So they had been playing better, but now they have those injuries that are hurting them on the old line. And you have Ed Oliver in the middle of that defensive line for Buffalo, uh, who's been nicked up a little bit, but uh, he's wreaking some havoc in the middle there. So I, I do. while Cincinnati you know, had run off eight straight to end the regular season and they're doing what they do best, I, I, they're going to have to play better than they did in that wild card game. Now, give Baltimore's defense a lot of credit because Baltimore's defense is very good, and they always play Burrow very good. Uh, but, but I, I see, I, I agree with Buffalo uh, being favored here. But this one, while Jacksonville winning in KC would shock me a little bit, Cincinnati winning in Buffalo would not shock me at all. Yeah, me neither. And then we get uh, a Bengals Chiefs matchup, which would be, you know. The Bengals have really have won a lot of those in the last couple of years, so that would be kind of another big upset, and that's what happened last season, which got them in the Super Bowl. So they've got a path there for sure. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And let's remember for everybody uh, that the overtime rules are different if we see an overtime in the postseason, that even if the initial team who gets a ball in overtime scores a touchdown, which normally would end the game, and still in the regular season it does, the other team does get uh, a chance with the ball. That's based off when the Chiefs played the Bills and it went to <laughs> yep. overtime and Pat Mahomes took them down and scored and Josh Allen never got on the field and everybody lost their friggin' mind. So <laughs> they changed that rule in the postseason so everybody gets, uh, gets a chance at that one. And then we go to the, over to the NFC. By the way, three uh, NFC East teams and two playing one another with the Giants. I know. Listen, we they all were the, thought they the were AFC... the worst division like a year ago. Yes, yes, you're you're right. And everybody thought the AFC West was going to be the best division. It was the NFC East. And I'm listen. Give a ton of credit to Brian Dayball and what he's done, coming from Buffalo to New York. I mean, it, it's been an incredible job with a roster uh, on basically the same of a team that was awful last year. And now they're in the playoffs. Daniel Jones, would you agree? Daniel Jones has made himself a boatload of money this year. Absolutely. I, I mean, they won that game because of him. I think he – I'm trying to find the exact stat that I wrote down, but I think he was – okay, I found it. He was the first quarterback in playoff history to throw for at least 300 yards and two touchdowns while adding 70 yards on the ground. So they've really t- taken advantage of his running abilities, and I think um, it was – a it was – not the best matchup for the Vikings defense that has been pretty terrible right. this year and, and yep. especially against the run and not being able to stop Daniel Jones specifically. Um, but yeah, Mike, I, 
I don't know. I think they're, I think they should sign him for a long-term deal. I don't think he's going to like break records for the most, you know, guaranteed money or the biggest contract or anything no. like that. But he is definitely, I think they should definitely bring him back and make him their quarterback and put him on a, a second deal. Yes, I completely agree. And, and so in this game, the Eagles swept the Giants uh, in the, in the regular season. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens in tough to win all three, but Philly's a better team. You get another week off for Jalen Hurts, who came back and played and, and certainly looked a little bit rusty when he is on. This offense really, really uh, is flowing well. So, you know, we, we, we look at that game and we see, uh, what are they, seven-and-a-half-point favorites are the Eagles, according to the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. So, and, and I agree with that all the way, but the Giants win by good running attack with Saquon Barkley, really good defense, and then Daniel Jones, who I, even when he signs the big deal, Jess, I don't think he's ever going to be a 30-35 touchdown guy, but what he doesn't do is he doesn't turn the ball over. I think in the regular season it was like 15 touchdowns, four or five interceptions. He doesn't turn it over. He's extremely efficient but not spectacular. He's, you're, you're not going to go wow with his numbers, but throws it to the right guy, runs. He's very dangerous with his legs, and Saquon Barkley runs well. They're going to need some help at the wide receiver position down the road, but, man, Dayball's got them going in the right position. They certainly are not going to be like, uh-oh, we got to go play the Eagles. It's a, it's a division game, so there's not like a ton – and, and, and I, I certainly remember doing this because it's happened a couple of times where we play a division team in the playoffs. Or even when you play a division team, it's not a ton about the game plan because you know each other so well. You, you know yeah. what you're going to do. You know the reads. It's, it's a lot about who am I going one-on-one with? Who am I playing against in this game? How did I do against that person in the two games in the regular season? If it wasn't well, what do I need to improve? If it was well, what do I need to do to do it again? Or do, can I do the same things again? So that's what goes on in division matchups. It's not a whole lot of, well, we don't see these guys a lot. I'm not really sure how to play them. It's, oh, we know them. We know them like the back of our hand. So... I said this so much. We talk about the chess match of O coordinator, D coordinator for for both sides. This comes down to if I'm a D tackle, am I beating the guard? If I'm a D end, am I beating the offensive tackle? If I'm a wide receiver, am I beating the press coverage or am I of the cornerback? You know, or am I finding the hole I need to find in the zone? Comes down to execution. Comes down to who wins the one on one. It comes down to execution uh, in these games, and then obviously the lack of turnovers as well, which Daniel Jones has not done. So. This is the, I believe, uh, well, no, it's not the biggest spread. It's the second biggest spread because, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Jacksonville is, is uh, eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. But, yeah, but, but, but it is close, and, and I get it. I do think Philly's a better team here, but certainly the Giants are going to walk into Philadelphia with a ton of conf- uh, confidence, and this could be a nice, fun, chippy game, which I always love. I read on CBS Sports that it's the 25th time in NFL history a team has swept its division rival in the regular season and then faced them in the playoffs. Do you want to guess how many times the team pulls off a three-game sweep in that scenario? I'm going to guess. I'm going to say it's less than 50%. 15. So 15 out of 24 times. Oh, so it is more than 50%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. A little little step for you, Mike. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I, I, 
But I, I, I don't know if I, I think the Giants have enough. I, I think outside of, and that's a game we'll get into next, outside of San Francisco, I think Philadelphia is the next most complete team from an offense and defensive side of the ball. So I think over 60 minutes, you that kind of wears in. This will become 16 out of 25 then? This will yeah. be the 16th time that a team swept three-game sweep against a division. All right. I think I'm with you. <laughs> I know yeah. Eagles fans were really excited that they got the Giants. <laughs> I have several yeah. of them oh, were yeah. texting me. I was pretending to be a Giants fan because I was watching the game with my uh, boyfriend and his family, and they're big Giants fans. So I was I was pretending to be a Giants fan on social media, and, and a couple Eagles fans that I'm friends with texted me, and they were like, you know, what what do Eagles fans say? What is like their their thing? What, what are these? Fly Eagles Fly? What am I? Fly Eagles Fly. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Fly Eagles wow, Fly. I'm having a major brain fart. A few people texted me Fly Eagles Fly, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. But they seemed very <laughs> excited that they got the Giants in the divisional round. Um, but like you mentioned, uh, I think the, the probably most exciting game this weekend in terms of closeness, hopefully. I mean, certainly the spread is close, but people are very excited to see the Cowboys and the 49ers match up. Um, Brock Purdy has been another person who he's on his rookie deal making, you know, $700,000 right now on a roster that has Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance probably has made himself some money this season too, uh, down the line. But, um, he's been really, really solid for the 49ers and played really well. They blew out the Seahawks in the second half this weekend. Uh, so they're playing the 40 or the Cowboys team that won their first playoff game in like, uh, decades is it I I when was the last time the Cowboys won a playoff game it's been a while yeah they, they kept bringing <laughs> that up uh it was when Troy Aikman was there I think it might have been uh, yeah. before I was born honestly I, I okay I'm look all right we up. don't need that yeah we don't need that all we right, don't need sorry. that you know what's interesting in this one now Purdy some of these stats he's just played six games he is six and oh because yeah. they're like comparing but he's six it and like, and he's, like, he's Mr. Irrelevant Yeah, 6-0, and you're right, and Mr. Irrelevant. uh, From the time he has started, quarterback wins and losses, pass yards uh, per attempt, uh, passing touchdowns, interception, passer rating, and giveaways, he's number one in the NFL. Number one in the NFL in those six games. Now, you go back to when Dak was a rookie, he was was phenomenal. Uh, He was 11-1 as a rookie, while Purdy, as I said, was 6-0. Remember, Romo got hurt. Uh, early in the preseason, and, and Dak took over. That was it was pretty impressive uh, in that. So, but what what he is doing, what Purdy is doing now, you certainly got to give a ton of credit to him uh, because he's the one executing on the field. But it also shows the, a, a Kyle Shanahan offense what it can be, and also the trade of Christian McCaffrey. The two biggest trades that I thought made the most impact were obviously McCaffrey and then T.J. Hawkinson, who went from Detroit to Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, uh, immediate impact. Who was who from was targeted a ton in the Giants game, by the way. Yes, yes, major a part ton. of that offense, even though they lost. Yeah. So they they I mean the talent that they have. So you think about this, Brock Purdy. Goes to the line of scrimmage, and he has either a Christian McCaffrey or an Elijah Mitchell, who had played well but been on IR twice, but he's back. Then you have a Debo Samuel, who you lost for a little bit, but he's back. You have a Brandon Ayuk, who has having a career year, and you have a, uh, a um, George Kittle. I mean, 
So this is what you're looking at when you go up to your pre-snap read. This is going to be so huge for Dallas to really disguise. Because the one thing you want, would love to try and do is confuse a rookie, though Brock has not been confused a whole lot, that's for sure. Um, to, because before you even snap the ball, Brock already probably has a good idea of where he's going with the ball because of all the talent he has out there. And then a second after the snap, he can pretty much you know, you know, justify where he's going to go with the ball. And you're basically going to a star player. And, oh, by the way, they have statistically the best defense in the NFL. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. And, oh, and, and Dak's numbers against uh, top defenses are not good. Not good at all. Uh, though most guys' defense, uh, you know, numbers against top defenses aren't really good. They're best by yardage is San Francisco and best by points scored. So they have it going. I think they are the most complete team in the NFL. Those are, there's a big disparity between Nick Bosa and sacks. He led with 18 and a half and the next person on that team. So he's the guy that gets most sacks. So in the, in the last game, he got none. The wildcard game, a couple other players got sta- uh, sacks that weren't used to getting sacks. So they can switch it off a little bit. But I, I do think this is going to be a tough one for Dallas. But I will say this. I don't know if you agree with this because everybody's looking to see if Mike McCarthy was going to lose his job. Mike McCarthy is not going to lose his job, I think, even if he loses this game. Maybe, I guess, if it's a blowout possibly, but I don't think he's losing his job because everybody was waiting to put Sean Payton and Jerry Jones together. Yeah, I should clarify. It was their, it's their first home, or their first road playoff win in 30 years for Dallas. Um, but, yeah, I think we even talked about it on the show last week that if they lost to Tampa, maybe that would be it. But, but that if they won, probably not because beating Tampa on the road would be such a big deal. And not only did they beat Tampa, I mean, the, the extra point, missed extra points aside, they dominated Tampa pretty much in every phase of the ball and possibly ended Tom Brady's career in Tampa um, yes, yes. with the way that the game ended. So, yeah, I'm with you on Mike McCarthy. Um, Tom Brady is, is probably someone we should mention because he's Tom Brady. Um, there's, I think the Bucks are plus 200 and him and him starting for the Bucks next year on DraftKings. The Raiders are next at plus 250 and then the 49ers at plus 350. Um, do you think he's going to retire? Do you think he's going to go somewhere else? Do you think he's going to stay in Tampa? Do you think he's going to try to get Todd Bowles fired? What, what is next for Tom Brady? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I had said years ago, I thought he would only play a couple of more years and I was wrong because he's exceeded that already. And then at the beginning of this year, I, I thought this would be his last year. And boy, think about his year too. I mean, it's not been the best year though. He set records again for completions, attempts. They didn't run the ball well at all. So he had to throw it and his receivers were in and out with injuries and oh by the way he dealt with uh, very publicly a divorce and the whole bitcoin thing where he looks uh, a little you know yeah, he's going to be yeah, a, a FTX, witness yeah, yeah a witness in that great. as well and the amount of money he lost in that i don't i don't know if anybody's crying over that because he's got a ton of money but to be <laughs> uh, caught up in all of that i mean it's been a hell of a hell of a year for him just what the Tampa Bay Bucks have done to keep this team together, stealing from Peter to pay Paul. That bill is going to come a calling at some point. They're not going to be able to keep a, 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 as many people as they normally have. The amount of, and if they try to, the dead money is going to get them at some point. Do they have enough to try and make a run next year? 
I don't know. I mean, because they, they had basically a lot of the same talent this year. Where do they need to tweak it? You know, I know Jensen was back at center for this game. He'd be back next year. But, you know, you had the wide receivers. Now, again, with Godwin and Evans and Julio Jones, you know, they were in and out of the lineup. And Gage, he got hurt in this one as well. Didn't really have a tight end to throw to this year. Had a lot of youngsters. So, if you tweak some of that, is that going to put you back where you want to go? Or is he going to leave? And everybody just is talking about the Raiders. You want to go in the same division as Kansas City? As the Chargers, who I think are going to get better, uh, Denver, I don't know about, obviously. You know, Russell had a horrible year, but they have a really, really good really defense. Really good defense, yeah. Yes. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know if that's the division that you want to go to. There are people saying the Jets, you know, do, do you go there? Um, or, or do you try and stay in the NFC? Because the NFC is not as deep as the AFC. I think it's going to get really, really interesting. You mentioned uh, well the the debate for years has obviously been Belichick or Brady which one was the you know reason for all the success in New England but you mentioned that he didn't really have a tight end target this season that he liked so maybe all along it was Gronk maybe he just needs to ask Gronk where he wants to play next year and follow him there and get him to unretire because it seems like that was you know his his crutch for so many years and it hasn't been the same without him really Yeah oh listen there's no doubt it hurt him Speaking of Tom Brady, though, Mike, I I really want your opinion on the Tom Brady movie that's coming out. Have you seen any of the previews for 80 for Brady? What are your thoughts on on this film based on a true story about old women who road trip to see Tom Brady play in the Super Bowl? (laughs) Love all those women who are in it. I love them. (laughs) Me too. Love them. (laughs) Oh, I think it looks fantastic. I think they're great actresses. I think that's going to be very, very fun movie. Yeah. All right, maybe we can make a movie date and watch it when we're I, – I don't know when it comes out. I think it comes out around the Super Bowl. But. Yeah, I don't either. And, and, and I'm for all four movies and Netflix and all that stuff, so I, I'm, I'm game for that. I haven't been in the theater in a long time because I love theater, popcorn and theater candy, so I, I would look forward to that. It comes out Feb 3rd. I'm thinking maybe we – you, me, and Gojo take a little movie, uh, movie trip, go see the movie – during Super Bowl week in Arizona, cool off in the movie theater, eat some candy. I know you guys probably get – if the two of you went to a movie together, I'm assuming you're buying one of each box of candy while you're there. So the other great thing about the theaters that we go to, and, and, and it's not like they're exclusive to where we are in Scottsdale, but it's the ones where you can go get meals as well. Oh, yeah. You know, you can get food, so, not just drinks. the candy, but and you can get food, drinks, mm-hmm. and dessert. So – you can keep your Mike and Ikes. I'll get them another time. I'm getting me a meal. I'm getting me a dessert, and I'm getting me some beer. I mean, that's that's the way I'm gonna watch a movie. I'll tell you that right now. That's interesting. I always pegged you to be a, a Mike and Ike guy since for a long time you were a Mike and Mike guy. Oh, I love Mike and ba- Ikes. Big Mike and Ike fan. So, so here's Anyways. something I want to ask you though. This is what something I want to ask you because this is your generation and Mike. Mike kind of checked me on this when I was we were finishing up me and Trey Wingo and Mike at ESPN on, on the morning show there on Golik and Wingo. And it was when when Drew Brees was still playing and he, he was I forgot what the what the drama was that was going mm-hmm. on with him in the locker room. It, it didn't have to do with football it was I think yeah. uh, some 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 product or something that he was backing. It wasn't a product. But 
it, do you remember what it was? I don't remember I'm, what it was. I'm blanking on what it was exactly, but I remember this. Yeah, it, it was something, and and I remember teammates. Like there were a lot of public tweets, you know, about you know yeah. that they felt he was wrong and this and that. And I remember I, we were on air, and I said, I said, guys, I don't understand this. I mean. I was one of those locker rooms, you know, take care of shit in the locker room. You got a problem with somebody, go talk to him in the locker room, and it stays in the locker room. But this all was public. And Mike checked me right there, and he said, Dad, listen. He said, this is how this generation communicates. They have no problem, you know, writing it out and hit and send, you know, and it's out on Twitter, <laughs> right? Or whatever, you know, screwing yeah. that up, I'm sure. Or, no. or now your you're, no, you're Instagram right. story. Now we got right. guys that are there filming their own workouts and putting them out there. And, and I, never, I never understood that. But I had, to, I had to understand what Mike was saying, you know, that this is the way they communicate. Leads me now to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, before the playoff game, he's the one who put out there publicly that he wasn't playing. Didn't come from the team. Came from Lamar saying he had a grade two PCL sprain close to a grade three and wasn't going to play. Wasn't the team. And then, what was it, just a day or two ago, put out on Instagram about how you should treat people good, and if you do, they'll treat you good. And, and basically it was saying, hey, take care of me and I'll take care of you guys because you haven't taken care of me so far. He, again, initiated this publicly where this is between – he and the Baltimore Ravens. It's something I, I just I still have a hard time understanding. Is I'm sure he obviously because it doesn't have an agent. It, it's his mom that they're having they're having conversations with the Ravens. But it just feels like everybody wants to make it public to show the public. You know, this is where I am. What what's your opinion now of it? Or trying to get you to come on my side of of the opinion by putting it out publicly. While I understand it and I get this is where we are now, that doesn't mean I have to be a fan of it. And I'm just not a fan of airing that stuff publicly. Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting that he put out the injury message on his Twitter because it seemed like he was talking directly to Ravens fans in that sense. Yes. And I think they've probably been really disappointed that, you know, he hasn't played the last few weeks and he wants to make sure that they get the accurate message that he wants them to get and that makes me think that he doesn't trust the team communications and putting like the most accurate information out that's going to make him look the best because obviously this all is taking place in the background of this contract issue that they've had all season and not been able to figure out before the season and he he wants them to know he wants the fans at least to know that like he wants to play and he wanted to play he wanted to sign a deal before the season started but he knows what he's worth and in this case I kind of have to see his his side of it like the Ravens should sign him as a Steelers fan like watching this all play out I'm like this is great for <laughs> for the Steelers because playing against Lamar Jackson twice a year isn't fun um and from a fan point of view like this is now two years in a row where you are disappointed that this guy doesn't want to play and it seems like maybe he doesn't want to so he's trying to nip that in the bud and I think that um the the most direct way to get that across if you're an athlete is just to put it on your social media and make sure the correct message is getting put through. So I see that side of it. Um, I, I see your side of it since you didn't grow up with that sort of like direct communication, right? If you wanted a message to get out, you'd have to tell it to a reporter and then you might have to trust that they're not going to screw it up or take it out of context or something like that. Right. And now you don't have to really do that. So 
I think it's a powerful tool. I think it probably speaks to how bad the situation is behind the scenes that he felt like he had to do yeah. it. I also think that maybe in the off season, like give it a few months, maybe they'll kind of, you know, come together and, and work out a deal because it is in probably both of their best interests to do that. Um, but you know, if I'm a fan of Lamar Jackson, I probably want to read his side of it before I'm, I'm picking a side and blaming, you know, someone for, for not playing or whatever. That, that, that's smirking. also, though, <laughs> well, because when you put something out that you want to put out, you're going to skew it your way. Of All course right? you are. So, of course you uh, are. Exactly. So, I mean, are, are we to think every Baltimore Raven fans that reads that goes, oh, okay, well, that's the reason. I believe no, every word that he's saying. I, so I think fans will go out of their way to not give athletes the benefit of the doubt on their yes. own health. But I think that there's so much happening behind the scenes that fans aren't privy to anyways. At least if you're going to hear, you know, we usually hear the team's slanted version of something like that. So at least maybe maybe the player's point of view is also exaggerated or slanted, but you still have right. to hear both and then come to your own conclusion about what the hell's going on. And we don't really know what the hell's going on. I mean, I, I do believe he's obviously injured, and I'm sure he wants to play. Like, he's a – these guys are super competitive. No one wants to yep. sit out a game. Like, how many times in your career – did you feel oh. like you were hurt or and you you probably shouldn't have played, but you wanted to go out there and compete with your team? I mean, it happens all the time, right? All the time. Yeah. That's the yes. whole point Absolutely is, all is the to time. play. Play the games and especially a so, playoff game. So let's end on this. We'll have plenty of time to talk about this. We'll just give quicker answers on this. Three quarterbacks. Do they stay with do they retire? And this is more for two of them more than three. Retire stay with the team they're at, or they'll be on a different team. You don't have to name a different team, just that they'll be on a different team. Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm ranking in terms of Are they going to be – forgetting Lamar and retiring. He's not retiring. Is Lamar going to be with the Ravens (laughs) or a different team? I say Ravens. I say Ravens as well. Tom Brady, retire with the Bucs or different team? I think Bucs. I think Bucs. I'm going to say different team. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. I think I think ret- Bucks, but he gets a coach, at least one coach fired. I guess. Yeah. Well, one already did. I mean, Byron <laughs> Leftwich is already gone. So yeah. you know that. Well, he he will. I don't know if he's officially gone, but yeah. Right. All right. right well, then right. that counts as the one. There so you go. Bucks. And then Aaron Rodgers retire <laughs> with Green Bay or with another team. I think he stays with Green Bay. I guess this isn't an. I didn't pick anything interesting. You know what? No, I changed no, no. my Tom Brady answer. I'm because there's no way all three are staying. There's going to be some drama. I think Tom Brady leaves. He's going to, let's say, uh, the Jets. We'll put him on the Jets. The jet, that would be un. Jet fans <laughs> and Jet fans would find a way, like Stu Gotts. Jet fans would find a way to complain about it. Oh, they would. And because, I also yeah. I, I saw that the Jets were uh, interviewing Nathaniel Hackett for their open yeah. offensive coordinator position. If that happens, he's not going to the Jets. So I rescind no, that. Not- Not going to the Jets. I agree. So we agree. Lamar in Baltimore. Brady, we think, somewhere else. And I agree with you. I think Aaron Rodgers will be back, and he'll be with the Green Bay Packers as well. We have time for that. That's just a quick little snippet on that. Uh, Enjoy the divisional round. And, Jess, we got a couple of weeks before we're hanging out together in Arizona. Going to be a lot of fun because we'll hang out and we'll shun, you know, Stu Gotts and Billy and all those guys. I can't wait. They're going to be so jealous of all the fun we have. It's going to be, and I'm, I'll walk your dogs. I'll walk your dogs for free. Oh, listen, I know you're a dog person, so we're, we're <laughs> copacetic right there. That, that sounds awesome. good. And listen, if you're staying at the house, mm, the availability to maybe make some baked goods. Wow. Ooh. 
Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. I can do I'll that. I'll put a list I can, together. I can do that. The list will be sent your way. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.